right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F that. You don't got time to say. All right? Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Man, last week was rough for me, in, at least as it pertains to keeping up with things that were happening in Lawrence, Kansas. I was not in Lawrence, Kansas in the tail end of last week. I was in Phoenix, Arizona. And in Phoenix, Arizona, I was with a person who didn't really want me on my phone the entire time that I was visiting this person in Arizona. And when I made this trip, I thought, okay, KU's not playing any basketball games off week. Then all of a sudden, UTEP schedule. I think UTEP, who cares, right? It's UTEP. KU will win by 1,000. That was not the case. An interesting game that I probably would have liked to watch. Did not watch that game live. Then what happens? Les Miles outed as a bit of a creep. Allegedly. Can we just get a sounder, by the way? So I don't have to say allegedly a million times over the next two weeks. We've done this. We've been doing it for three years now with the the NCAA investigation, the FBI stuff. I get so sick and tired of saying allegedly. So just let me be reckless, right? Let me be me, and then you take care of the allegedly stuff. And you can just have that thing on standby, ready to pound it, allegedly, every time I say something that could get me in trouble. And just so you know, what could get me in trouble is anytime I say things definitively that may or may not have actually taken place, that may or may not be illegal, that may or may not get somebody fired, which is basically all we're going to talk about for the next couple of weeks, certainly over the next hour, all we're going to talk about is alleged stuff. So I don't want to say allegedly or alleged or reportedly. Isn't just everything we ever talk about alleged stuff, it's like, will this team oh, win? This, I mean, that's alleged. Like, that's we don't smart. know what's going to happen. If we just say, like, we could use that in court. Yeah. Our we whole just, show is alleged. Everything that we do is allegedly, so just take it all with a grain of salt. What do you think Les Miles is doing right now? Allegedly. What do you allege? <laughs> what are you going to allege that he has been doing over the past 48 hours? You think Les Miles is a golfer? No. I mean, weather's heating up. Good time to golf. No. No. Can you imagine him swinging a golf club? No, probably not. Okay, Les Miles likes grass. Our new open sponsor, Cycles on Power Sports. He could get their bad boy mower. He could be mowing his lawn right now. I imagine he's rolling around in the grass like a dog trying to scratch his back, you know, and they sort of wiggle <laughs> back and forth just trying to get that itch. Like a turtle trying to get up. Cycle Zone's Power Sports, by the way. New sponsor of our opening segment. This opening conversation, this opening segment brought to you by Cycle Zone Power Sports. You may have noticed something strange happening outside. Yeah, there's a little more green in the yard and a lot less of that fluffy stuff that grass needs to trim. And soon, did you know, there's a brand of riding mowers made right here in the U.S. of A. 
They're bad boy mowers made just a few hours from here in the Ozarks, and they've become one of the best-selling items at CycleZone Power Sports in North Topeka. That's my neck of the woods, okay? So that if I'm tell, talking to you about North Topeka, Kansas, you know I know what I'm talking about. And I'm talking to you now about CycleZone Power Sports. They're zero-turn mowers, so they drive like a speedy little tank, which I know some of you bad boys will get a kick out of, and... They're engineered to be strong, long-lasting, and easy to maintain. Turn a chore into something you look forward to. Mow with an attitude with a brand-new bad boy mower from Cycle Zone Power Sports. I don't think Les Miles mows his own grass. I think he probably pays for somebody to do that. There's a tax bracket, I believe, that you get to, and you just stop doing yard work. Well, he is probably you, in that tax bracket. When you love grass, when you like eating grass, do you even get your grass mowed, or do you just like want it to grow? Interesting. You think he just wants it to be as tall as possible. Well, it's like if you... If you had a garden with carrots, you wouldn't cut the carrots in half, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't have a garden, do you? You don't. Do you cut your own grass? Yeah, I do. It sucks. How is your yard? Like, if somebody were to drive past your yard, would they say, this guy knows how to tend to a yard, or would they say, this guy needs some help? I don't think they would say, this guy needs his help, but they would say he's doing the bare minimum. Crabgrass? You got no, weeds? No. no. You got patchy I, spots? Uh, No. Not really. I mean, maybe one in the backyard where my dog goes lawn. to the bathroom a lot. Okay. I mean, not right now. The grass is basically like, it's all gray or not gray, yellow. But yeah, I mean, in, in the summer. Do you think Les Miles is watching his phone closely right now? If I were in charge mm. of him, which it's not really how human beings work. If I were advising him, I'd probably just tell him to stay away from his phone because that message that he's fearing probably pretty imminent. I don't view Les Miles as being a big phone guy anyway. That might not be the worst thing. What kind of guy is he? What's he doing? Sitting there doing a puzzle? A 100-piece oh, puzzle I can see that. of a fire truck? Playing some Scrabble? I do not see him playing Scrabble successfully. This this whole thing, when I'm in Arizona and I'm trying to figure out what's going on and sort of like trying to keep my phone in my pocket for the most part because I'm afraid if I check it too many times, I'm going to get in trouble and I'm going to get chastised. So at one point, I just sort of resigned to the fact that it sounds bad. I'll just leave it at that. Hey, looks like another famous person being accused of being a little creepy with women, which is honestly, at this point, there's there's nobody. There's nobody that you could come out and, and tell me as being alleged of being a creep, and I would say, him, really? I don't know. There's got to be somebody. Sister Jean. Sister Jean's being creepy with women? Okay, let's... That would be quite the scandal. That would be an incredibly weird scandal. I don't think it would get near the attention that this would, but... You Let's would say you would be surprised about that. Can though, we right? narrow the pool to just okay. the men okay. of the world? Is there one man that you say, there's no way he's going to get accused of slapping a girl on her butt or grabbing her leg or telling her how hot she is and how much he wants to do her? Like, Is there any guy out there at this point that you would just say, hey, you know what, that's a bit surprising? When I heard this stuff about Les Miles, I was like, oh, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have predicted it, but the reports started coming out. And then when the reports started coming out, you know, I had people like sort of DMing me or people that I trust who would text me and say, it's going to get worse. 
And I said, okay, but like how bad? He didn't get criminally charged with anything. And then I read the reports and yeah, it's bad. And I'm not even here to honestly, like I'm not going to spend all day talking about how bad is it? Is it bad enough to lose your job? That sound like Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with these creeps? Jerry Seinfeld, it would surprise me if he's okay. creepy with women. He kind of just strikes, you know. He's just a goofball. He's just a goofy guy. What's the deal with these guys being creepy with women? Uh-oh, breaking news, Jerry Seinfeld. No, I'm just joking. Wow, unbelievable. Allegedly. Allegedly, okay? Actually, not allegedly. I do not. That's one guy's legal team I do not want coming after me because <laughs> it's probably an expensive one. I don't think the station would probably go to bat for me. Like, there's, like, the way that KU went to bat for Bill Self. Which, by the way, you notice Mm. KU not really going to bat for Les Miles, at least in the immediate aftermath of these allegations coming out. You notice they didn't really go to bat for Les Miles the same way they went to bat for Bill Self. I don't think the station would go to bat for me for for pretty much anything. For pretty much anything. Like, if somebody came out and like somebody called in right now or called the FCC and said, hey, this guy was talking about men wanting to do chicks earlier and I'm going to sue because I've been offended and you've scarred me for whatever reason. Like, I don't think the station would, like they would say he's your, they would offer me up on a spike and say, here he is. Let's get him. You're right. We should get rid of this guy. <laughs> KU, when, when, when Bill Self was being alleged of breaking all these NCAA violations, KU came out, we are going to fight tooth and nail. He's our guy. These are not based on facts. All of this is ridiculous. There's no evidence to suggest that Bill Self or anybody at KU or anybody on this coaching staff broke any rules or had knowledge that rules were being broken. And we are going to fight you to the bitter end. Wow. Like strong response from KU for their guy. Les Miles. Who's won three games in two years, who can't string together multiple sentences coherently, gets accused of doing some stuff not on your watch, but on somebody else's watch nearly a decade ago, you placed on administrative leave. And I'm not at all saying that they were right or wrong in handling Bill Self, or that they are right or wrong in how they are handling Les Miles. I am simply pointing out they handled those two situations quite differently. And if you want to be the guy to say, yeah, but one of those is NCAA rules and the other one is making women feel uncomfortable, you go right ahead. If you want to be naive and think that this is all about women and respecting women and not sexually harassing women versus breaking rules, that's fine. You can take that road. That ain't what this is about. That is not what this is about. I think it is easier to just say, like, it's so easy to say, oh, don't, I hate, I hate when women are sexually harassed. It's really easy to take that stance and just be like, it's the worst. See how much I hate it, guys? Everybody, hey, everybody, look at me. Do you guys see how much I hated that earlier? You see what I said that he's got to be fired immediately because that's what happened on Thursday and Friday. He's got to be fired immediately. Has to be fired now. It's been 30 minutes. Why, how hasn't he been fired yet? It's been five seconds. How has he not been fired yet? Okay, you should be ashamed for not having preemptively fired him before they even knew it happened. But those are the questions that are being asked now. What did you know, KU? Jeff Long, what did you know? How much did you know? 
When did you know? And if you didn't, if you are going to plead ignorance, uh, how? Like, dude, I go to Dylan's. I got bad hair. So, like, I'm never buying name brand shampoo and conditioner. I'm always buying the fancy stuff in the corner. Mm, that's that's like, expensive, that's man. That's like $19 a oh, bottle. Yeah, no. but that's only made with, like, natural oils. Because you know what happens? I Google, like, men with thin hair, best shampoo for men with thin hair. And like, well, you're going to want to stay away from the name brands because those have a lot of sulfates. Like, what's a sulfate? I don't know, but it ain't going on my head. Mm. And it ain't touching my hair. You're going to want to buy things with, you want some natural argan oil. You're going to need oils. Lots of oils. sounds like a sham to me. If it's a sham, then I'm a sucker because I pay... Let me ask you, does your hair feel healthier using this? You tell me. How's this look? Well, you said it doesn't feel like you have healthy hair, so. No, it, it doesn't, I don't have thick hair. That's a fact. Okay, well, it's has not it a... changed since you bought these $20 bottles of shampoo? No, but you it's. This is neither here nor it's there. It's preventative. Mm-hmm. The point is, Derek, that I do my research when I want to buy shampoo. And most of us are like that now with the resources that we have. So easy Whether to Google it's, something. Whether it's a $5 bottle of shampoo or a $20 bottle of shampoo or a $10,000 car or a $30,000 car, what are you going to do first? You're going to poke around. Is this a good car? Do people who buy this car like it? Or when I poke around and I do my due diligence and maybe even you pay a couple of dollars for the Carfax report or whatever just to make sure, hey, it's going to be worth it. If I have to pay a couple hundred bucks for this for something that's going to cost me 10 times that, it's worth it, even if it tells me that this thing sucks. That way I know I'm not going to sink money into a wasteful purchase. So if you and I do that for a car or a bottle of shampoo, if KU is going to come out and say, well, we didn't know anything about this, the next logical question would be, how the F not? How? If you want to say, well, we asked around and we checked and we hired this firm and we didn't hear anything about this stuff that's being alleged that happened back in 2013 when Les Miles at LSU. How? How, Sway? How did you not know? It sucks right now being a Kansas sports fan. Go out. And talk to non-Kansas sports fans today. What are they going to do? They're going to laugh in your face. And if you are a Jayhawk, if you're a KU alum, or if you're just a KU fan and you've supported the program, you know how you should feel today? Embarrassed. You are a laughing stock right now. And the second most embarrassing thing about that football program is that they lose every effing game that they play. That's the second most embarrassing thing about your football program. Imagine losing every game and then people being like, yeah, well, that's secondary to the fact that they've got this guy running the program. Oh, and that's secondary to the fact that they've got this guy who's running the athletic department. We can make this about less miles if we want, and we should. Should we touch on Jeff Long? Should we touch on the guy who went out and interviewed less miles? And said, yeah, that's the guy. This is the one who's going to turn around my program. You hitched your wagon to that guy. And anybody with half a brain, at least in hindsight, hindsight's always 20-20, I get it. 
We all love the less miles higher. Why? Because he's less miles. The days go by and the weeks go by and we start asking questions. How? How was this the guy? How was this the guy that you landed on? And now, that's so far down the list of questions that Jeff Long has to answer right now. I am not interested in hearing what Jeff Long has to say in the coming days or weeks. I'm interested in hearing what Douglas Gerard has to say because that is the real decision that is going to be coming. That's the real decision. Black Miles is done at Kansas. I don't know if you guys have gathered that yet. I would be utterly shocked if that man coaches another game for the University of Kansas. The real question becomes is, A, does KU find a way to fire him with cause? Because here's another thing. You're broke. You don't have any money. So if you fire him now, it's somebody on the staff is going to coach. Hey, remember that Mike DeBoard guy that everybody was really fond of when they announced his hiring about a week or a month ago? Lawrence Journal World reported earlier today he is not named the interim coach, but he is acting as the point man right now. He is kind of looking over things while Les Miles is sitting at home and everybody else going about their job. Okay. This guy's been on campus for a month. Nobody was super fond of the hire, and now he could be in charge. Who's going to lead this department? I don't see much leadership right now. I don't see a guiding force at the top of the University of Kansas' athletic department steering the ship and making me feel good about, you know what, this is rough waters. But the guy, that guy who's steering the ship, he's been here before, and I trust, I have placed my faith in him. He's going to get us out of this. I got a guy... Man in the ship, who if you're looking up at, you're saying, we're screwed, aren't we? How did we get to this point? It sucks being a laughing stock. It does, man. Because when your K-State friends or your Mizzou friends or whatever friends you got, they're like, what's going on with it? What do you have? What did you say back to them? Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, we're good. I mean, Bill Self's still good, right? KU. Basketball is still good, right? We, I don't know, they got their own problems to deal with as well. I'd hate to be Doug Gerard today. If you find a way to fire less miles with cause, how do you do that? He didn't do it at Kansas. He did he lie to you? Yeah, the only chance you have is that you didn't know about it when you hired him. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You didn't know about it. You asked him about it. You heard something. You asked him. He said, nope, nothing there, nothing, absolutely nothing. And he lied. And he can prove that. That's how you, that's how you fire him with cause. Mm-hmm. But even then, what happens with Jeff Long? Does Jeff Long stick around? Does Jeff Long lose his job? If so, do you fire him with cause? What do you, how do you replace an athletic director? Again, what money are you going to do that with? These are expensive buyouts. These are expensive problems to have. I am not envious of Douglas Gerard whatsoever. He's got some big time decisions to make and he is the one making them. All right, don't be expecting an announcement from Jeff Long. Expecting an announcement from Douglas Gerard because I'd imagine both of those guys are being very serious evaluated right now. Gerard's dealing with his own stuff too. I mean, you had the the KU staff, I think this was a couple weeks ago. 
moved to file a motion of no trust in the uh, acting KU chancellor. So if this guy loses his job and that guy loses his job and then that guy loses his job, who's in charge? Is this just one of those opportunities where somebody gets to stand up and say, I'll do it, and they say, oh, oh. Yeah, I think we just have trial by combat. Okay. Wait, who's fighting who? Whoever wants it. Just like King of the Hill sort of thing? Yeah, it'll just be in whoever gets standing. there first, and then uh, we'll have a line. And just keep going. The way the you're talking standing. about it makes it seem like you're going to be there. I mean, why not, right? Why not? You're you know, what guy. do you have to lose, right? You're a big guy. Yeah. You're 6'5". You could probably I'll try. Take, you could take a few. And we're not going to do trial to death. and just be whoever concedes the fight, you know? If somebody, if people do have to die, then so be it, right? Yeah, I mean, that's their choice. You can concede whenever you want. It's a very high-paying, powerful position, yeah. so there's going to be people willing to push the envelope a little bit further than others. Uh, we're not going anywhere on this, obviously. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. There's a lot of things you might be not really living up to snuff about right now. Are you getting enough haircuts? Are you shaving enough? Are you keeping up with your personal hygiene? Well, one thing that you don't want to be a loser about is having that dirty car. You know, whether it's just driving around town, whether it's you picking up a friend, you want the clean car. And don't you want the sparkly clean car that you're proud of? Well, guess what? Tommy's Express Car Wash, they are going to hook you up with a great car wash that's going to get that car sparkly nice so that when you go to the store, everybody's looking at your car and says, oh man, where did that guy get his car washed? It's wash, rinse, repeat at Tommy's Express Car Wash. You can download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy endless washing for one low price. That's right, endless washing for one low price with the Tommy Club app. It's unlimited car washes, unlimited clean, shiny, and dry, unlimited use of exclusive app lane, unlimited access to all Tommy's Express locations, because there's a lot of them, unlimited guest service and most importantly, unlimited happiness. They've got the tools and expertise to keep your car clean inside and out. Their wash packages let you pay for the services you want, including Tommy Guard and Body Wax, wheel cleaning and tire gloss, underbody flush and spot free rinse, and vacuuming. So download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy that endless washing. Go to Tommy's Express Car Wash. To Rock Talk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. It, it honestly, it makes me chuckle when I see, and this isn't, I'm, I'm, I swear to you, I'll be honest, I have not read one column, I have not read one opinion piece, I have not listened to a podcast. I have not listened to a single word about what other people think about this. I've seen oh, the so tweets. You didn't listen to the shows when you were gone. <laughs> no, I did not. I proudly will state that I did not listen to the shows while I was on vacation. Huh, interesting. How no, were they? You, you, you come up I with guess any you'll good? never know. We had uh, the best segment the show has ever seen, but you'll never know what it is. So, what about the other uh, rest Sorry. of them? Every segment was great. Just what the next, yeah. each one was better than the last. Absolutely. Incredible work. Well, I wish I could have heard him. No, I haven't. I have not listened to one thing anybody said about this. So I only say that to preface it by saying I'm not criticizing anybody specifically. But I do see like the tweets of people saying like they, the, here's the headline, now click on it for the rest. Like whether it's a podcast or so and so explains why it's time. It's time. 
here's why it's time for Kansas to part ways with Les Miles. Like, oh, wow, this is probably like a super well thought out. You don't need to be. I get it. Like, there's a lot of really talented writers and radio hosts and whatever, reporters, and they're going to, you know, sit down with the facts at hand and say, you know what, man, it's just time. It's time. I've, I've read the report, and hmm, it's just it's just time. I think they need to let Les Miles go. Oh, no kidding. Oh, are you serious? Oh, wow. Oh, no way. Whatever gave you that idea? <laughs> oh, you think? you? Th- oh, it's just whether it happens today or tomorrow, it's just only a matter of time. It's just, it's going to happen. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. You really think so? You really think that a guy who's leading a football program who was driving around co-eds who, and telling them that they were attractive and telling them that they should get a hotel room together and then kissing one of them, allegedly, one if not two times, you really think he should be fired? Really? Really? You don't think, I, you don't think that guy should be running a football program? Huh. Well, you know, I hadn't thought about it like that, but now that you mention it, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. Because on the other, it's got to be a tough decision to make, you know, because you got that on one hand, and those are all serious allegations. And on the other hand, you got a coach who's won three games in two years. So, like, you know, you got to weigh the checks and balance. You got to weigh it all out and figure out exactly how you come out on it. Mm, it's tough. What do you think we would be saying if Les Miles has been, like, super successful as a football coach at Kansas? What do you think we'd be saying Honestly? If, if Les Miles had won six or seven games and they went to a bowl last year? What would we be saying? Um, see, six or seven games is, yeah, I was, yeah. What if it was like four? You no. still weren't bowl eligible. No, then nothing would happen. In Even, case you guys didn't, in case you guys are new around here, uh, K won zero games last year. Mm. Um, I don't think even six or seven would matter. I know that sounds like, oh, that's like winning 10 for us, you know, but like if there was success, like you were winning like nine games every year. Um, I didn't say nine games every year. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, if the success was up there, I think there would be a lot more people, yes, that would be saying, oh, what's the big deal? Like, yeah, maybe a little creepy, but he's denying the allegations, and there's not criminal charges against him. There'd 100% be more people saying that. Dude, I, I if they'd won six games last year, you know what this would be instead? Well, I mean, they never proved it. All right, I mean, like, can we wait for the facts to come out? What facts? It happened in 2013. It is what it is. You want to know my honest-to-God truth? I mean, I haven't really made much of a... I mean, I I thought the less miles higher was, like, good when they made it because it's, like, less miles. What's the worst that could happen? Like, that was literally my mindset. Was I mean, come on. You're going to criticize this, like how? In what world is this a bad hire? We found out the world in which it was a bad hire in the world after he was hired. Like, that was the world. We were living in it. In what world is it a bad hire? This one, the only one we know. This world. This is the world where that was a bad hire. Why? I mean, I could just start listing off examples and I'll talk for an hour and a half and then you tell me when to stop. You tell me when I've reached your threshold of, okay, I guess... Aside from the fact that one of the smallest little footnotes that's been taking place over the past, really over the past couple of months has been exaggerated, but over the two years that Les Miles has been here, 
is every single assistant coach leaving. All of them. Like, they're all trying to get out. And I've heard so many stories that, of course, I can't report on because they're still there about assistants who are currently on staff who have tried to leave. And KU said, no, we're not letting you out of your contract. Well, and I mean, we don't, again, know for sure that, like, if Les Miles is gone, if Mike DeBoard is going to be the interim head coach. But if that happens, if Mike DeBoard takes over as interim head coach after being here for a month, I mean, that would rub me the wrong way. If I was a guy who, like, I'm trying to think who the top, like, candidates would be. I guess, like, Josh Eargol or Emmett Jones, somebody of those nature, of your top That's assistants. It. That's it. Yeah, okay. It's Josh Eargol or Emmett Jones if you're hiring. If me. I was one of those two and whoever was in charge of, I, I guess, Jeff Long or I, I don't know who would have that decision of picking the interim head coach and they chose him over me, I'd be pretty upset. I would want to leave. I'd want to go to a different school. I would feel like I didn't get my fair shake. Specifically, Josh Ergel. Because I agree with those. I agree with right. that general assessment, but specifically. Like the comparison Ergel, here. Who was, who was the interim head coach when Les Miles was out with COVID, right? Yeah. Like the comparison here would be we both went to the trial by combat for the open AD position. You died. And now they're like, Derek, we need you to fill in for as host as RCST. And then all of a sudden, some guy who they just hired like yesterday, they're like, no, actually, he's going to do it. I'd be pretty upset as I mourned you for your trial by combat. Well, it's not just that. It's that, yeah, you'd be upset, but then I don't know which guys on staff feel whatever level of loyalty to Les Miles because, like I said, the fact that there have been, I think, over 40 now, over 40 assistant coaches have left KU for other jobs. And, of course, people are going to twist that and say, Bleh! That means they're highly sought after. I mean, in me, one world or in another reality, it's that they don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, but is that a, we don't know if that's a Les Miles thing or a program. I'm sure there's a combination. Yeah. I'm sure it's a combination. We don't live in a world of extremes where everything is this way and nothing is that way. Uh, but where there's smoke, there's fire. Generally speaking, if, if most of your coaches are like, I don't want to be here, it's not a great thing. I mean, how about I present to you two scenarios? You have one program where everybody wants to coach, and you have another program where nobody wants to coach. Which one is better, okay? <laughs> Do you think if Brent Deerman would have stayed, he'd be in line for head coach, like the interim? Because at that point, DeBoard wouldn't be here. Well, he wasn't the head coach when he was here when Les That's Miles true. got COVID, and they made Josh Urkel the coach. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think they made Josh Urkel the coach because Josh Urkel was the obvious candidate, or do you think they made Josh Urkel the co- coach because maybe – the head coach didn't like the idea of the offensive coordinator, who everybody seems to be real fond of, taking over. Allegedly. And then the offense looking really good. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> if I say, if you say it three times fast, uh, you actually get 30 minutes clearance to say whatever you want. So get it out now. Okay. Um, no, that's a good question. But then, I mean, if, if Les Miles would be out, then you wouldn't have to worry about the politic game of it, so to speak. I think he probably would. I mean, you could still hire him now. He's been with KU longer than Mike DeBoard has. Or he was with KU longer than Mike DeBoard has been. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody's been with KU longer than Mike DeBoard has been. Experience, though. He's got plenty of experience. Dude, this guy's, like, retired how many times in the past five years? Had his foot out the door and decided that the last... Oh, okay, I guess I'll get into coaching. Okay, wait. More. How funny, though, would it be... 
if Mike DeBoard ends up being like the greatest oh coach in Kansas gosh. history. It ha- and I need this to happen. Yeah. The, the, the side of me that just wants to laugh through the pain needs Mike DeBoard to become the interim head coach and then gets a massive <laughs> well, there's no way he's getting a massive contract it was six and six this year. Remember how much we all just crapped on him when KU hired him? <laughs> like, who? This guy is the best you could get? And then he had the press conference, and I came on here, and I was like, oh, wow, this guy's great. And then somebody, a close friend, reminded me, what'd you expect? You expect him to sound stupid? And, and that's the thing, as, as sad as it is, man, because it really is kind of sad, is that when, when you have a guy like Mike DeBoard step in front of a microphone and, like, he strings sentences together and he talks coherently about football and he sounds like somebody who is just cognitively where he needs to be allegedly that it makes you realize that this is how it is for most coaches. Allegedly. Allegedly, most coaches sound like that. They sound intelligent. Do you need to say allegedly for that? I'm just really nervous about saying the wrong thing. So allegedly, I do need to say that. Okay. Allegedly, I could get in some trouble if I don't say allegedly. I think Mike DeBoard is probably your leading Vegas favorite. Yeah, I agree. To be the interim head coach. To be the coach of Kansas in 2021. Mm-hmm. I think Mike DeBoard is your odds-on favorite. Yeah, I think it'd be probably DeBoard one, Urgle two. I if, would I'm want Josh it to be Urgle, if I'm Josh yeah. Urgle and Mike DeBoard gets the job, bye. Yeah, later. See you no, later. No, I feel the same way if I'm Emma Jones. And like... Sure, there's going to be, I'm sure, stuff in your contract. You're not going to do that. But, but. some of these guys, I'm, I'm assuming, too, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because then you're like, well, I've gotten to where I am as a coach because of the relationships that I've forged with these kids. Who, What kind of coach does yeah, that make me if I turn around and run out on them? I just got them here six months ago, and now I'm saying, sorry, things got tough yeah. for me, so I'm out. No, that's a good point. Um, you know what's, what's crazy to me, though, is, and I don't know why we've turned this into a Mike DeBoard thing, but... Because I think it is yeah, in, a yeah, way, it is, it in, is in one aspect they Mike DeBoard. But thing. like that that funny scenario I mentioned, where it's like, what if Mike DeBoard ends up being this just like great coach? Well, you know what the problem is? What if Mike DeBoard goes out and you win six games this year, you make a bowl game? Guess what? He was retired last year, and he goes, "Hey, I had a fun season, but I was only planning on be here being here for a year," you know. And he's like, "Sorry, I'm retiring." That that is a real scenario. You know what I mean? Like that's he, that that's happened. Um, so why would you not go with? Like to me, I I don't understand why you wouldn't go with Emmett Jones. It is a guy who has excelled both as a coach as a, rec- a receivers coach, excelled in the recruiting trail, and he's a younger guy. And if this is basically just going to be like a trial year for one of your coaches, why would you not want the guy with the high ceiling? You know, it might not work out. Maybe Emma Jones becomes your head coach and it doesn't work out, but you find out. And then you know moving forward yeah. which way to go with it. Didn't that kind of happen with the guy? At, uh, it ended up working out okay for them. Remember when Rich Rod left West Virginia for Michigan? He left for before the bowl game. Do you remember this? So Rich Rod it kind of built up West oh, Virginia. Oh, that's right. What was that guy's name? Bill. Uh, Bill Stewart. That's right. Old ass Bill Stewart. Allegedly <laughs> old ass Bill Stewart. And um, <laughs> I don't know how old exactly he was. Had no head coaching experience. Um, but he coached that bowl game. 
coached that bowl game in like coached 2000. Coached the heck out of that bowl game. It was a BCS game. Yeah, they beat Oklahoma. They upset them with like Sam Bradford. What was it, like the Fiesta Bowl or something? Yep. So they won that game, and the players rallied around. Like, we love him. We love him. That's our coach. That's our coach. And they gave him a contract extension, and he became the coach. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. Like, I, I don't – they were successful the whole time. This is Big East, West Virginia. Yeah. But they were winning, like, eight – I'm looking at it now. They, oh, they won nine games every single year. They went nine and four, nine and four, nine and four. It was like, great. It's fine. But, like, it can happen. Like, just like that. And it, and it comes from one of two things, if not a combination of both those things, it's just, which is the players just love the guy, and you're like, well, we don't want to piss all these players off. Or B, you're, you're poor. <laughs> you know? You don't have any money. Oh, and by the way, if this job became available, you went to LinkedIn, and, oh, new position available. Oh, football coach, Kansas. Ready to rehash this conversation? We've had it a million times. Who wants the job? Trial by combat. It's like a picture of like Jeff Long just smiling with like big old smile, like two thumbs up. Like, hi. <laughs> Wanna come work for me? What do you say, kiddo? You get all the KU Athletics gear you want. Dude, this job is becoming less and less attractive by the day. And by the way, it didn't start from a standpoint of being very attractive. It started from a standpoint of like, hmm. And now it's like, no, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what in every coach in America is like, yeah, yeah. I'll come be the coach at Kansas. Yeah, sure. Why don't I? Why here? Why don't I just retire instead? And then I'll give you a bunch of cash as well. Like it's, it's almost insulting at this point to to call anybody and ask if they want to be the head coach at Kansas. Who do you think I am? So you have to give it. You, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. Gosh, I would hate to be in the athletic department today, just like walking around the hall. It's got to be tense. It's got to be very tense inside that building today. I still wonder what Les Miles is doing right now. Can't be relaxing. I think he's a camper. Mm. I can see Les Miles being into camping. I don't see him having interests. Just football? Yes. Hmm. I don't think he watches other sports. I can't see him being... I don't know. He does movies. I don't know if he watches movies. I think he's a big movie watcher. What do you think he's watching today? I don't know why, but... I think Forrest Gump's on USA. Well, I can see that. They've got a little... I can see him being big into Night at the Museum. I don't know why. It is a good movie. It's a good series, actually. It's about a quarter till four. This is Rock Chuck Sports Talk. All right, so the postseason officially beginning this week in Kansas City. Big 12 tournament. KU won't play until Thursday. Let's talk some KU hoops, Big 12 basketball with Greg Gurley, the color analyst for the Jayhawk Radio Network. He joins us now on the show. Greg, how do you feel about this team now that the regular season in the rearview mirror and the postseason beginning in a couple days? I think you got to feel pretty good about them. Uh, you know, winners of, uh, what is it, seven of eight. Uh, the one loss was at Texas, which I think everyone knows that we could have won, but could have doesn't get you anything. And, and you know, I like that we used that loss to kind of, you know, push us into the Baylor game where we played great. And sometimes, you know, when you have a loss, yeah, it was a good loss. I don't think 
Austin was a good loss, but it turned out to be a good loss because we, we used it correctly and it kind of stuck with us a little bit and we went out and fought against Baylor. So uh, I like where we're at. Uh, I like that Ochai shot the ball well against UTEP. I like the fact that uh, David didn't just have a 40-minute bad game, that he played bad early and he was great late. That leaves a little momentum and good taste in your mouth. So all in all, I like where we're at. Now, all that being said, you go into the tournament, seven Big 12 teams, seven of the ten are going to go to the NCAA tournament, and and uh, anybody can win it. A lot of teams are good teams are going to lose on that first night, or excuse me, Thursday night. And, uh, you know, we could be one of them. We could be one that wins the whole thing. I think it's amazing that we are the two seed after where we were at just a month ago. But uh, it shouldn't surprise any of us because that's what Bill Self does. We continue to get better uh, when he's our coach. And there was a lot of people calling, not for his head, but just like saying, oh, does Bill know what he's doing anymore? I can let you in on a little secret. He knows what he's doing. And we definitely lost some games that it was it pissed everybody off, but he's going to make us better. And he won't be the coach of the year in our league. Won't even be second or third, but I think people that know ball will look at this and say, what Bill Self did getting this team to 19 wins, playing every single game on the schedule, was amazing. And, and he'll poo-poo that idea, and then so will a lot of people. But people that understand basketball have to understand how good of a job Bill Self and his staff did with this group this year to get them to a two-seed in the Big 12 and arguably the toughest conference in the country. There'll still be a lot of people that'll say it'll be the Big Ten, but uh, I, I, I like I like our chances as a conference moving into the NCAA tournament. Do you look back on it now when you talk about sort of going back to what people were saying two months ago and, and how they were able to finish the season? Now that it's sort of all in the rearview mirror, do you look back on anything and, and sort of point to a smoking gun, or if not a smoking gun, maybe just a, a turning point that maybe – will remember if there is some sort of special ending to the season? Oh, I, I mean, I, you look at the, it just seemed like every Saturday we'd go on the road and, and lose. And I, I can't really pinpoint one game, but uh, I guess maybe the, the Tennessee game late in January where, I, don't, I can't remember, was it West Virginia or Tennessee, but they were back-to-back road games that we, we lost. But, you know, those games – had the same theme that the other ones had. We go up against a team. They shoot the ball really well. It appears that we play bad defense. We don't take care of the basketball, and we shoot it very poorly. So I don't think there was a watershed moment. I think it was more of a uh, kind of a break in the schedule, to be honest. I mean, do we win seven out of eight if we don't play Oklahoma State at home? Iowa State back-to-back, and then K-State went, went four in a row? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think part of it was our schedule was really tough early, and it was really tough late, and we always had that opportunity in the middle. You know, we didn't play very well when we went to Manhattan. And we didn't play very well when we went to Ames, but those teams were really struggling, and we played good enough to win, so we built a little confidence, we built a little momentum, and then we took those victories and parlayed them into a Texas Tech win and should have parlayed it into a Texas win. We didn't, but we just, we kind of pulled our socks up and 
got back and beat arguably the best team in the country. So not really answering your question because I don't think there was a game that there was a team meeting and everyone just figured it out. It was, it was more about timing than anything. But we need those, those secret team meetings at Henry T's where the players get together and, and clear the air. That's what's sensational, man. That's the kind of stuff you, you write books about and, and make movies about. Right, right. I mean, everyone talks about the Henry T's from 08. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it happened. I mean, you, it's kind of like a gambler talks about his wins. You know, he doesn't tell you about his losses. And, you know, that one worked. But you know how many other team meetings have been before that and after that you don't even talk about? You know, <laughs> you it, go it, the it next happens. night and lose the game after a big team meeting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the media doesn't jump on that one. Well, they all got together and told each other that they sucked, and then they went out and lost the next night. That's not a, <laughs> that's not a juicy story. <laughs> no, it's not. But, you know, I think I would look – I think you're probably right. It To me, though, was – coaches are always in a difficult position where if you're sort of wrestling with the idea of changing something or, you know, kind of sticking with what the game plan is, if it works out, you say, well, you got to give them credit for, uh, for sticking with it when it would have been really easy to bench this guy or change how you're running your offense versus if it doesn't work out, you say you're being stubborn, right? Why didn't you change? All the writing was on the wall. You should have done something different. You should have benched this guy. You should have gave this guy more minutes. And in hindsight, well, it's yeah. I mean, we're we're politicians. We, yeah, we right. spend things. We spend things the way we want. I mean, it's just like if if KU loses on the first night of the Big Twelve tournament, what do we always say? Well, it was a good thing because now we get some rest and we'll be ready for the NCAA tournament. But if we win, we're like, oh, this is great. We're playing tomorrow, and it's going to get us ready. So we're always going to spin it to our benefit. And and and. You hear about the good ones. You don't hear about the bad ones. You know, it just is how it works. You know, it's, it is what it is. So uh, I'm not saying it's wrong because I do it. You know, I, I, I'm i on the air. I talk about that stuff, too. It's like, oh, you know, hey, yeah, this was a good loss. And, well, it's not a good loss unless you come back the next game and win it. How many times have you heard me say that? Because that's what our fan base does. That's what all fan bases do. And, and it doesn't make it wrong. It's just reality. And, and uh Coaches get way too much credit, way too much criticism. That's another cliche time we say all the time. But uh, uh, I, I think this year you got to almost give more credit to Bill than you do criticism because of what he's done with this group. Not to mention in a really trying year where, as you know, we look at the rest of the country and the blue bloods and and where they're at right now when you. When you group the North Carolina, Duke, Michigan States, and Kentuckys in the group, probably only, well, one of them for sure is going to tournament, maybe two. Looks like North Carolina has, has uh, secured that spot, but, you know, and maybe Michigan State, I, I guess you throw in there, but, you know, Duke, Kentucky, uh, they're, they're, may not even go to the NIT. They might just say, let's chalk it up to experience. And if that was going on here now, what would people be saying? So, Winning 19 games, uh, this is a good basketball team. And this is a, a team that, if they're clicking, they're as good as anybody in the country. No, let's play that game, though. If they would have lost that game to UTEP on Thursday, would we be sitting here today talking about how that was a good loss, how it's good to get right. that out of the way and refocus you before the postseason? No, 
is exactly what we'd be saying. <laughs> we'd say, hey, we'd be saying, hey, that, hey, luckily it was the last game at Allen, and it wasn't an NCAA tournament. It had a one versus sixteen feel, and they beat us. Now our guys know what it feels like, and we will be way more prepared come tournament. So that's exactly what we'd be saying. But I thought the UTEP game was great. I didn't think that at halftime when I was talking to some coworkers saying, hey, you guys are dumb for scheduling this game. We're down by 14. But, and then at the end of the game, they're like, hey, you want to take that back, bud? You know? <laughs> so it, that game had it all. I thought it was great. Again, hindsight being 2020, I thought it was great because we you know, got hit in the mouth. And we didn't have much to play for. And even in the second half, we didn't have a lot of stuff going because we, we'd go on a little 4-0 run. And then they hit back-to-back threes and actually increased their halftime lead. It really didn't – we didn't really start making headway until about halfway through the second half. And then we go on a crazy run, all kind of triggered by David McCormick, and, and uh, Ochai makes a huge three in the corner. We, you know, we finally made the timely shots. And, and again, to spin it the right way, it was a great situation for us. Now we had the, the backing of our crowd. I thought, you know, for an impromptu game – thought our crowd was great for 2,500. And as you know, we're going to be going on the road, albeit a neutral site, but don't have that comfort zone. So it was nice. Uh, 19 wins is huge. Uh, Playing every game is huge. I think a ton of credit, like we talked last week, goes out to our medical staff, our coaches, our players, anybody involved with Kansas basketball. It's a big feather in their cap for being able to play every single game. I still haven't done the research, but I I don't think there was another Power 5 team that played every single conference game and non-conference game they had on the books, 27 games. Uh, uh, But uh, maybe you've got a lot of free time. Why don't you figure that out before next week? I think K-State was one of those other teams too, weren't they? I think KU and K, maybe something in Kansas. Um, Now those two teams had... uh drastically different outcomes in many of those games. But right. to answer your question, I think there may have been one or two others. But you're right. Um, it's kind of weird almost looking back on it. We, we keep sort of saying this throwaway line of, oh, what a weird season. Everything's crazy. Expect the unexpected. All things considered, things went relatively according to plan for KU. They really did. You know, we were – there's a lot of luck involved in that. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was it was one of those things that, that, that a lot of luck played into it. But um, you know, it's it's. Uh, I just looked it up. You're right. K State, they played 27 games. There you go. Hmm. Well, one of those was a loss to Fort Hayes State, though. So yeah, that's true. Maybe they should have played Why, 26. Wow, you. K State people are like, way to pile on, Nick. Nobody, there is K-State no K State fans listening to us right now, Greg. I can assure you of that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> we can say whatever we want. He's Greg Gurley, KU color analyst, with us here on Rock Chuck Sports Talk. Usually, we get to the Big Twelve tournament, and KU's in line for a one or a two seed, and we say, hey, "What's the point? You know, let's just stay healthy, stay sharp, and and get to the postseason." Nobody cares about the conference tournament the second the NCAA tournament starts at the selection. The second selection Sunday starts. Is it different in your eyes this year about just sort of the mindset that this team takes with them into Kansas city? Oh, probably a little bit. I hope it doesn't have a different mindset. I mean, I hope they have a killer instinct and they go on. It's a business trip and all that. I mean, it's uh, some of these guys haven't experienced 
Big 12 tournament because we didn't have it last year. And, and uh, you know, we were down there. I'll never forget it. It was about a year ago today, I think it was, where we're sitting in that ballroom at the Marriott, and Bill gets a phone call and says, ah, they just canceled it. It wasn't a big shock because all these other places were canceling it, but that's uh, it's crazy that that was just a year. I mean, a, a year's gone pretty fast. As much as I've laid around and done nothing, it actually seems like not that long ago. And, uh, you know, they got to take an attitude in there that, hey, we got an opportunity to uh, get better. We got an opportunity to uh, improve our seed. And, uh, you know, we got just an opportunity to play. And that's all you can ask for right now. I, I, I think Baylor and Gonzaga are the two best teams in the country. But, you know, they're one COVID test away from forfeiting the game. Or, you know, things, things are going to be nuts over the next month. At least I think so. Even with all the bubbles and all that, it, it, it could be, you know, think about some of the scenarios that could happen. You could have a one seed not even play in the tournament because of something that goes on. That's a forfeit. And, and the, so you could pick a bracket and then things drastically change before the games even start. Yeah, I wonder like how much going into Indianapolis, this is going to be a sort of case study of just, is there any part of you that's, I don't know, not, not concerned maybe, but just curious as to how this whole thing is going to work out? Because I know the NCAA has been sort of working diligently, and if it goes smoothly, we'll all look back on it and say, wow, what a success, right? And we'll commend everybody for all the hoops they had to jump through to get this. But are, how curious are you just to see how this all works? For sure. I'm concerned. I'm curious. Absolutely. Because we don't know. I mean, they say that teams that play in their conference tournament finals are going straight to Indianapolis. But other teams are going home if they lose on Friday. However it all works. You know, you 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 try to control everybody and all it takes is one dumb dumb to go out there and even doesn't even have to be a player. It can be a, a manager or whoever that's just a color analyst know, for the school's radio co- network. That's agreed. It could easily, <laughs> you know, and, and so uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I got to think something like that's going to happen. And, and it's going to, I mean, think about, think about Bartman with the Cubs years ago and think about a guy in Waco that screws it. I mean, whatever. Something like that could happen, and Bartman would become an absolute nobody in the grand scheme of things if a certain team doesn't get or a certain team has to forfeit. Think about that. It'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's going to be a fascinating couple of weeks. Before I let you go, though, Greg, what is there anything that you think KU has to prove? or that you think they're going to try and prove to themselves, to anybody, uh, these next couple of days in Kansas City before the tournament actually arrives? Well, I think it's a, the message is the same to the guys. You know, every day you got to go out there and prove yourself and because you're not going to go in there with any other way to look at it other than, hey, we're, if we're here, we're going to play to win. So, yeah, they want to prove they can win three games in a row and then win six games in a row. And that, that doesn't change because we're not the – unanimous number one team in the country like we were last year. So, you know, being affiliated with Kansas basketball is, yeah, we should win every game. I don't care who we played. We just proved that we could do the unthinkable and beat an undefeated team. And now can we do the unthinkable again and beat them again? Sure. So you got to go on there with that mentality. He's Greg Gurley. 
You can hear him on the call on Thursday for KU's first matchup on day two of the Big 12 Championship right here on KLWN. Greg, always appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Good times. Thanks, Nick. Talk to you later. I'm feeling really good right now, by the way, about our college basketball draft. If we started adjusting every single week, and if we had kept doing that, there may have been some teams I would have tried to punt on. But because we let, I think, two weeks go since the last time we've talked about it, or at least a week and a half, it's like getting extra, It's like you get some perspective. Like, don't panic, don't make rash decisions. What's an easiest, what's the easiest way not to make a rash decision? Just go do something else. Right? Don't even think about it. Forget don't, about it. Don't stew and let this thing fester and build up in your mind. We haven't done this for about a week and a half. So, for anybody who hasn't listened, we each draft four college basketball teams uh, about two months ago, and each week we can drop a team, we can pick a team up. The loser has to buy the winner a steak dinner yes. at the restaurant of the winner's choosing. Correct. I just added that last part. Well, I mean, within reason, like, I don't I don't want you to be like, oh, you have to go pick up a steak for me from the Drover in Omaha or something, right? Mm-hmm. That's a very specific That's steakhouse. That's a really good steakhouse. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so... We haven't done this in a couple of weeks, and had we done this last week, there may have been a team that I would have dropped. That team would have been Baylor. And I wouldn't have dropped them, but I would have tried to trade with you because yeah. Baylor— What was the trade offer? You offered me, I think, Baylor for Villanova and Michigan? I think I wanted all three of your teams <laughs> okay. other than Gonzaga. Give us the two rosters right now. Yeah, so I have Gonzaga, Villanova, Michigan, and Ohio State. You have Baylor, Virginia, Illinois, and Alabama. So we'll have this week and next week, and then that's it. That's all you'll be able to do before the tournament. So you have two more chances to sub out teams. See, I think I wanted to trade Baylor because at the time, Baylor Mm -hmm. got down against Iowa State, lost to Kansas, went to overtime against West Virginia. At that juncture, I said, you know what? Baylor's not right. I got to get rid of Baylor. And I wanted to trade Baylor for Nova, Michigan, and Ohio State. Because at that point, I felt like, okay, maybe you're getting the top two teams. Or maybe Baylor's not as good as they used to be, and Michigan's the new number two team. And then you got Ohio State, who's right there in the mix as well, and Villanova, who's kind of been off and on all year. But I would have felt good about it, although you would have had the two teams that we've sort of lumped together all year, Baylor and Gonzaga versus the field. I'm glad we didn't do that because I'm back to accepting that Baylor is still... A very good basketball team after and they beat West Virginia in overtime. Then you take care of business against Oklahoma State and you womp Texas Tech to end your regular season. I'm here to report the news Baylor's back. And they're back in a big, big way. Will you trade them to me still? I have removed them from the trading block. Not only is Baylor back, Derek, Illinois mm. may be the new team to beat. In the Big Ten, and I don't even know if yeah, can a, I have a quick aside any on this? maybe about it. There is all year long, Gonzaga and Baylor have obviously established themselves as the top two. And we have gotten to a point where no matter what, every time of the year, whoever is like the third best team at that point, whoever is trendy, it just automatically is like, oh, no, they're in that tier two. And it's like, okay, don't get me wrong, Illinois could win the national title. I, I 100% believe that. But also, I have heard people say they're on the same level as Baylor and Gonzaga. They might win the title over them, but that doesn't mean they're on the same tier. They have six losses. Let's hold our horses here. Also, the Big Ten better than either of the conferences that Gonzaga or Baylor play in. 
much, much, much tougher. I wouldn't con- say conferences. much tougher than the Big Twelve, but more top heavy. You wouldn't take the top three deeper. teams in the Big Ten over the top three teams in the Big Twelve. If I gave you Michigan, Iowa, and and Illinois, I give the top four because Ohio State's right there as well. If I give you those four teams, and that's not even mentioning Wisconsin, that's not even mentioning Michigan State. That all of a sudden looks like, as you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, oh yeah, this is the type of Michigan State that gets yeah, seven no, I th- I goes think, to the final. I think four. the Big Ten is deeper than the Big Twelve. And then, yeah, maybe like that second and third place team is better than the Big 12 second and third. But I think the Big 12 is better in that like four to seven range. I don't know if I'd necessarily agree, but that's fine. We don't have to argue about that right now. What I'm saying is that the reason why we keep propping up teams like Michigan and Illinois is because the Big 10 is the best conference in college basketball. And both of those teams have looked really, really good all year. You're right. They haven't stubbed their, they've stubbed their toe more than uh, Gonzaga, who hasn't at all. But, like, I almost, I'm not dismissing Gonzaga. They are the best team in the country. But also, I'm to the point with Gonzaga where I don't really need to talk about them anymore during the regular season. I don't. Because there's nothing they can do in the regular season despite losing a game that could possibly sway my opinion on them one way or another. Gonzaga is who Gonzaga is. Ever since the end of non-com play, I've been to the point where I say, let's see what you got in March. Because there's nothing else you can do to prove anything to anyone right now. Do you think if we did this with conferences instead of teams, the Big Ten would be the first conference taken? Or, like, would you be willing to tie your ship first to the West Coast Conference just because you have Gonzaga? I probably would because, I mean, the, the different way of phrasing that is what would it— if I gave you Gonzaga versus the Big Ten, yeah, what would you take? You'd take Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Right? Mm-hmm. I probably would, too. And I could get cute and say, oh, I get BYU, too. but But I legitimately think the Big Ten has— three legit title contenders and then a couple other who are on that next I would put it this way, though. I think that, like, Baylor's really good, but if you gave me the option of Gonzaga will win it as option one, the Big Ten will win it as option two, or the field will win it as option three, I would probably rank those scenarios Gonzaga, Big Ten, and then the field. Dude, I'm just, I'm so excited about this tournament. Maybe that's part of it because we didn't get March Madness a year ago. But, you know, I've been high on Illinois all year. I, I love Io DeSumo. I think he's not the best player in college basketball. He's the most enjoyable player in college basketball to watch. He's like this 6'5". Got the Batman mask now. Combo guard. Yeah, just broke his nose. Batman mask. They looked good without him, though, too. Trent Frazier went off. Uh, when they beat, I the think Curbelo it was guys Wisconsin, really I think it was, where he was really impressive. Or maybe that was the Michigan game last week. But uh, they looked really good, man. They've looked really good. And Michigan, for the longest time, like at no point when Michigan was being brought up amongst those other two teams, did I really think that what you're thinking now, which was, really, why were we bringing them up? Because they looked really, really good. And now they've lost two games in the past week to Illinois and Michigan State, and we're back to being like, eh. Not so sure about them. Or maybe that was just regression. Maybe Michigan was never a run-the-table type team, and you knew eventually they were going to slip up and, and drop some games. Either way, Michigan's still top-five team in the country. Illinois is still a top-five team in the country. Uh, I think Ohio State's a borderline top-five team in the country. Iowa's a top Like, it may be Gonzaga, Baylor, and then three Big Ten teams. Like, if I were ranking the teams, and I'll be honest with you, I don't even know off the top of my head, I looked at the AP poll briefly. I don't know where any of those teams are ranked, but like those are my top five teams. Those are the top five teams in college basketball. 
So you can rank them wherever you want. If you're talking about what we're talking about right now, which is who is going to win the national title, like those are the five teams I want. But I can't have all five of those teams. In fact, I can only have a couple of them. Which ones do I have? I have... Baylor, Virginia, Illinois, Alabama. Can I go first? Sure. I am ready to drop a team. I didn't drop any teams last week. I'm officially ready to drop a team. I will be dropping Alabama. Wow, I thought you dropped Virginia. Oh, yeah. I didn't even see that. <laughs> nope, you already said it. Uh, you can't make Alabama's me. Alabama's been dropped. You can't make me do this. Too late. I'm dropping Virginia. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You, sh- you shouldn't have opened your mouth is what happened. I think this is like chess. Once you put your finger on the piece, you have to move it. We didn't establish those ground oh, rules. I, I did thought, now. Nope, Alabama's dropped. If I you thought, want to drop Virginia, too, you're dropping two teams. I was under the impression you we, only were, get to pick up one. we were playing by prison rules, and prison rules dictate that it's not official until the entire transaction has been stated. Mm. That hasn't happened yet. Therefore, I will be re- redacting the Alabama comment. I will be releasing... Virginia to the waiver wire, and I will be picking up a team that honestly probably should have been picked up a long time ago. It's a little bit disrespectful to them that they've went this long without even being mentioned. They've got the best player in college basketball. I'll be taking the Iowa Hawkeyes. Mm. Don't love the defense. I will say this, though. Okay, but yeah, you haven't loved the defense all year. But and the defense has gotten better. Because remember, I mean, what was it, like a month and a half ago? Like, they were ranked like 100th. Defensively. Now they're 61st, so it's going in the right direction. But here's the flip side of Iowa's defense. Let me name all the teams that have a better offense than Iowa, okay? So just hold on for a second. This could take a while. Gonzaga. <laughs> and that's it. Okay. Iowa is incredible. And every team knows what they're going to do. Every team who plays Iowa knows, oh, they're going to give the ball to Luka Garza, and he's going to turn around and shoot these baseline jumpers. He's going to have an up and under. He's going to have a reverse layup game. They're just going to give it to him over and over and over again. And if you haven't watched Iowa, you'd say, well, that's all they do, though. That's all they do. All they do is give it to Garza. You just take Garza out. and they, uh, I don't know. Joe Weiskamp, really fun to watch. Like They've got some ball. They've got some go-get-bucket-type players on Iowa. You're right. Their defense is kind of lousy, but there's a reason why they've been a perennial top-five team all year long. It's because that offense is incredible. What else? I mean, like, I'm not going to go with a Virginia team that I'm just hoping is going to figure it out. At least Iowa knows who they are, all right? So get Virginia out of here. I have rode you too long, Virginia. I thought that you guys were just going to find a way. I said early in the season, they got an offense to match their defense now. Not really. They're pretty lousy. Iowa's not. Iowa's on the team. Welcome I aboard. kind of want to take Virginia. So do it. I, here's, here's the conundrum I'm in. Gonzaga, Michigan, I feel good about. Um, Ohio State, kind of trending the wrong way, but among the other teams who are available, like Ohio State would probably be the best available. So I'll keep Ohio State. Villanova, I don't know what to do with because they haven't looked as good of late, and now they lost Colin Gillespie, has the season-ending knee injury, and the defense just has not been there this year for them. They're 55th in defense in college basketball. But the conundrum I run into is there's nobody that I see out there. Like, I feel like this is just going to be a throwaway pick. I don't think there's anybody available, including Villanova, if I were to drop them, that could win a title. So we have eight teams between us. 
We each have four teams. I you think don't we, think you don't think there are eight teams capable of winning a title this year? No, no. Okay, like for instance, so when you were gone, I I went through the exercise of every team that's won the national title since two thousand two has had Ken this, Palmer. This, 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 yeah, this, this. It's just three numbers. So Andy North does this on ESPN for every golf tournament, by the way. And guess what? Andy North doesn't correctly predict the winner of every single golf tournament. Well, this doesn't get you down to one. It just gets you an assortment of teams. So every team who's won the title since 02, they've been entering the tournament. These are all entering the tournament numbers. Top 25 overall in Ken Palm. So start your cutoff there. Every team except for one. The only exception was that 2014 UConn team. Every other team is at a top 21 offense. Every team has had a top 37 defense. And so if you go to those like eight teams that qualify, it's like Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, um, Illinois, Houston. And then there's like some random teams in there. It's like uh, USC, although I I don't think USC qualifies anymore offensively. They dropped off. But like Colorado would qualify. Um, BYU did, I think, at the time. And they're just out. There's really realistically, if you say of those teams that qualify there, the only ones you're going to take are like Gonzaga, Illinois, Michigan, and Baylor. So those are all the one seeds. Congratulations. We cracked the code. One of the one (laughs) seeds is winning the title. So that's what I mean by this. Like, I feel like this is a pointless pick no matter who I take. So I'm just going to have fun with it. Villanova, you're, you're gone. gone. See ya. Loyola, Chicago. There we go. Sister Jean, baby. You back. know, I, I want to take, that was a really long-winded explanation of why you're going <laughs> to take Loyola Marymount. Chicago. Uh, Loyola, Chicago. Loyola Marymount does have the guy with, uh, he looks like one of the orcs from <laughs> from uh, Lord of the Rings. Have you seen him? Yeah, he has like kind of the. It's get the hair of the orc, okay? Mullet. I'm not yeah. saying he's got the face no, of an yeah, orc. No, yeah, it's like a mullet, but he doesn't have the full hair to do it. I mean, saying somebody has the face of an orc is, <laughs> is absolutely the most disrespectful thing you could ever say. And he's not that ugly. I'm not saying he's Brad Pitt, but he's not that ugly. But he's got the hair, the mullet, the long flowing. It's glorious. Uh, you know, I kind of want to take Houston, but you couldn't even win your own conference. They didn't have a conference tournament mm-hmm. in the American this year. Wichita State, two losses, won the conference. Did you see how they had to beat Memphis? Yeah. I'm not taking Wichita State. No, I I explained my. uh, Would that be fun? Would that be just as fun as what you did? No, taking Wichita State. I went with the like hundred year old super fan. You're riding the coattails of Sister Jean, huh? Okay, but do you agree with me? Is there anybody available that you realistically look at, especially now that Villanova, Colin Gillespie's out, that their defense is bad, that you say they could win a title? You would have taken Iowa had I not. I still feel the same way about you've them. You've just though. been saying the same thing about them all no, year. No, I, I would have. Defense isn't that good. I would have substituted Villanova for Iowa. You are right, but I'm just saying, like realistically, if I Houston had gone to your head, the only other team is the only other team. Yeah. And even then, like, would you say how many teams do you think actually could win a title right now? Is it four, five, four? Yeah, I'm with you. It's just the one seeds. You know what's going to happen is one of there's going to be an, another team that will win. Yeah. 100%. Well, and I'll say book this, it. maybe... Find a bookie who will take that action. But you know what? The, take it's, out a second it's a good point because this year it. you have a third opponent in each game. It's the COVID opponent, right? To where, what happens if just all four one seeds got COVID, you know, and they're all out? What did Trump call COVID the silent enemy? Is that what you're you're stealing <laughs> yeah. the line from Trump? It's yeah. the silent There's enemy. There's four teams in every game. That's the two the team teams playing, had. the refs, and COVID. Hey, that's the team we're all sleeping on. <laughs> COVID. Am I right, guys? Right? Yeah, I think you're probably on to something. Like, if you gave me those four teams versus the field, I'd bet the house on it. Are you kidding me? Because those are the 
those are the four teams. And even though you kind of laughed at the idea or scoffed at the notion that we should be mentioning Illinois and, and Michigan with those other programs, it's there have been times where if you were watching a game or you watched them for a week, you'd say, are we sure? Are we sure they're not up there? Because if you watched Illinois over the past three games, you're telling me you're not looking at that three-game stretch and going, we sure that there's that much separation between Baylor and them? Maybe between Io DeSumo, locked first-team All-American, right? He's probably going to get some National Player of the Year votes. I don't think Luca Garza can be topped, but his numbers are incredible. And then you got Kofi Coburn. It's like, oh, okay, well, this is one of the most... He's like Udoka Light. He really is. He's just like a dude who dunks everything. He's a physical presence that most teams don't have an answer for. It's a good company. In college basketball, having two of the top 15 players in the country, sometimes that's enough. KU had it last year. And what were we saying? Oh, hang up a banner. I know we didn't play the, the conference, or we didn't play the NCAA tournament, but come on, Udoka, Dodson, they were the best team in the country. Hang up a banner. This is what Illinois is. They just happen to be also dealing with teams like Gonzaga and Baylor. So there you go. Uh, we basically decided that we have two extra teams each that we don't need. But if you want to go with two teams and let me have six, that's fine. Because I like steak, and I want you to buy it. I'll do it if you trade me Baylor. Baylor's mine. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk.